Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. It's the month of June and we're doing things differently this month. It's all about beginners. You heard that correct. It's all about beginners. So people who've done their first triathlon or doing their first triathlon or have done their first triathlon and doing their second, it's all about those who are just beginning. We want to hear all the good stuff that they have to offer us. And yes, we want to laugh. And yes, we may cry. And yes, we want to celebrate the victories because that's what we're here to do at Tribe Beginners Luck. Well, we are back. Yes, we are back with more stories about more beginners in different parts of the country. Well, of course, there are different parts of the country, LaShonda. Come on, girl. <laughs> anyway, it's those after work woes. So I'm usually, usually in the past, I've recorded during the daytime, but I'm in a bit of a transition myself. And as we know, life is full of transitions. Yes, they are. More on that later. But for now, I get to bring to you Madison Melbourne, who completed her first triathlon a few weeks ago. And not only did she complete her first triathlon, but she got her first podium. And she's a recent graduate of the Naval Academy. Without further ado, Madison, welcome to the Try Beginners Luck Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Mishanda. Happy to be here. Oh, wow. I am so happy that you are here. Thank you for making some time in your schedule to talk to me. I know uh, it's a little overwhelming. Be like, oh my gosh, why do I have to talk to this girl about my experience? I'm gonna... But I'm grateful and I'm sure that my audience will equally be grateful to hear your story. So let's jump right in. Why triathlon? Why triathlon? And how did you become interested in the sport? Okay, so I, growing up, my dad did triathlons. He used to live out in California and um, do them all the time. Did a couple, like, I'm from Massachusetts, so he did a couple there. And my mom would bring us to watch him, um, me and my two little brothers. Um, I've been swimming since I was eight competitively. And when I finished up my swimming career in college at the Naval Academy this past February, um, I knew that like I still wanted swimming and exercising to be a big part of my life. Um, when the pandemic happened and we were all sent home and all the pools got shut down, I turned to biking as kind of like my alternative method for cardio and loved it. Um, not the biggest fan of running, but I've always thought that triathlons were challenging and super unique and kind of like it would allow me to still have a little bit of swimming in my life and stay in shape too and so I've always thought that like for the past couple of years I thought that I wanted to do triathlons um once I stopped swimming and yeah here we are <laughs> well I love it I'm trying to even think about uh, how did I even meet you at the race I know I was announcing but did you come up and ask a question or did I just see that you look like a beginner and smelt like a beginner? And I was like, hey, are you a beginner? 
help me bring back to my remembrance. How did we get introduced? Yes. Oh my goodness. So I had my big Navy swimming duffel bag across my shoulder and I was, I, we got the transition area. I was competing with two other mids who were my friends. And so we had just dropped our stuff and we were walking down to the water and I noticed that I missed the body marking. And so I was trying to find someone who knew how to do that. And I stumbled upon this man who was definitely like an athlete and he ended up just doing it for me, but I had no idea how experienced he was and whether it was right or not. And so I saw you and I was like, she looks like she knows what she's talking about. Let me ask her if my if I can do body marking or what the heck is up with that. So, yeah. So then I asked you and you were like, girl, you have way too much stuff. And I was like, ah, do I really? <laughs> Who am I to tell somebody they have way too much stuff? I am queen of bag ladies. However, you were taking so much down with you to the swim start. And I was just like, that's a lot of stuff that you're going to have to haul back on that journey back to transition because transition was like a quarter of of a mile away, you know, from the swim start. And so I was just trying to look out for your best interest girlfriend. No, no, I totally get that. I was actually bringing it down to meet um, the parents of one of the kids who was doing the race with me because I knew they were going to hold on to it. So don't worry. I I didn't use that much stuff on the swim, but um, I was just getting rid of it. Got you. Because you're right. You didn't use that much stuff on the swim because you were lightning fast. And let's just give props where props are due. You came in first overall for your age group, which is incredible. Um, what and and then when I saw your times, I was like, oh, she's an like she's an athlete. Like she is. This isn't her first rodeo in sports. And I'm, I'm glad to find out more about your your background. Okay, so your dad was a triathlete. You watched him going to races. Now that you're an official triathlete, how does it feel? It feels really good. Um, my, my younger brothers, they both play sports too. So unfortunately my parents weren't able to be there at my first one. And I kind of signed up for it on a whim because I knew it was something that I wanted to do. And it actually like started off commissioning. We get the Academy is like a big deal. It's like a week long thing like right the week of graduation. Um, so it actually started that Sunday and the race was a Saturday. So it was like, bam, I got to do my first triathlon, roll into my graduation week. My parents were able to come down the next day. But so I, I FaceTimed my dad right after I finished and just wanted to like tell him about it. And he goes, all right, welcome to the cult. Did you love it? And I was like, hell yeah, I loved it. I can't wait to do more. <laughs> And my mom was like, what are you talking about? You just finished it. I was like, that was so fun. That is the conversation. I wish I could have been there for it. Be like, hell yeah, I want to do more of these. I love (laughs) it. So I feel like now, I mean, you've had such a, you probably haven't had time to really digest everything because you've been going and ripping and running. And you're probably just trying to enjoy graduating because I understand like, Ooh, I don't have to go to class. I don't have to wake up. I get a little bit of free time. Do you feel like you and your dad will do a race at some point this year or in the future? Um, I do. He definitely is more into like aqua bike type stuff now. So, I mean, we were talking about it too. Like this summer, we're hoping to do at least some sort of open water swim together. 
he actually brought his wetsuit down and we're on the on the water for our commissioning house so he's been <laughs> swimming in the bay like during the day and stuff so I hope like when we're home we can do one together that'd be really fun that would be oh this is I love a, a family that stays together from a healthy perspective that's just so exciting and it gives you an activity and memories to cultivate you know yeah. which that you can do with your father and then when you have your children you can share that with them and it's just like a perpetuating happy cycle of health which i love okay so we know you're doing more triathlons but let's break down how let's break down the day so in the morning right before the swim start it was a little bit chaotic you were trying to figure some things out but once you got in the water how did you feel and tell us about that experience so one of my um, <clears throat> classmates' parents who did the triathlon with me, um, his parents were there with us. So his mom was, like, very experienced triathlete, like, did a couple Ironmans, like, very, like still very much into sport. Um, and I asked her, I was like, she actually was also, like, a swimmer growing up. And she mm -hmm. was like, you should start out in the front of the swim. And I was like, really? You think so? Like, and... So I, I took her advice and I was like, okay, I feel like I stopped division one swimming like a couple months ago. Like I'm still in pretty good swim shape. And one of my like mentors at the Academy was like, you're going to, you're going to crush the swim. And I was like, okay. So like all this stuff is kind of going through my head. And I was like, I started out in the back, probably like the back of the line. It like, there was out on a dock. And I was like, okay, everyone told me that I should go to the front. And I saw a couple other people like weaving towards the front. And so I just kind of hopped behind this other gentleman and just kind of started weaving with him. And I was like, okay, he looks experienced. He looks like he knows what he's doing. So I got up to like towards the front and then I started asking um, people once there were probably about like 10 people in front of me. I was like, do you, do you mind? Like if I, like I swim in college, I do, but if you think you're going to go like, like a 12 minute or whatever, like you can go. And I was like, I don't really know like open water like I'm used to swimming like in a pool with flip turns I was like I don't really know how fast that is like so I was like okay yeah sure I think and she was like I'd rather you go in front of me than like run over me and I was like okay I can do that and so I just kept going and she was like honestly girl like if you think like you just go for it go for it and I was like okay I'm gonna go for it and so I got up and I think when I got closer to the front they started letting people jump in and so I just kind of hopped in. I think I was like the sixth or something person in the water. But I remember like as soon as I jumped in, I was like, okay, yes. Like, like it's game time. We're ready. We're swimming. And it just felt like I was like, okay, this is, I know, I don't know anything after the swim. I have no idea what I'm doing, but right now we're good to go. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to the yellow buoy and then to the other buoy and then I'm going to swim towards the the yellow guy standing up and, and get out there and that was just kind of what I was thinking I didn't really pay attention to my pace I just was kind of like okay I'm going to send it <laughs> and I ended up going pretty well so was this your first time ever open water swimming so no over COVID I actually did a little bit of open water swimming okay. um too not not a ton um but it's 
the first time I didn't get to train any of it like once swimming ended to before the race so this is the first time I open water swam since 2020. Okay so let's let's paint this picture because I think this is important to paint this beautiful picture. (laughs) I believe you said earlier that you hadn't swam since division one season ended in February. Competitively yes I've still been training um I found like a sprint triathlon training plan on um on like google that i was like gently following but i had a lot of military obligations that were coming up towards the end of the year and um academics and i'm also going to medical school um in august so i was selected to do that so kind of like transitioning there and finishing up interviews and applications and um, all that stuff. So my life got very busy. And so I was still training, but definitely not as much as I wanted to going into this race. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I, I, I wanted to paint dots for myself so I can make sure I could paint the dots for those who were listening or viewing. Yeah, of but course. You also said something that I said at the beginning about life as being a, being a transition. And so this was your transition sport as you were like, okay, I'm finishing school. I'm going to medical school and give me something to do things got busy. Again, life is a transition. And who knew? Because we hadn't really talked before now. So I didn't know that. But okay. So you found this training plan. Um, You finished the water. I mean, you finished the swim. And just to give you a frame of reference of where she finished, she finished first in her age group and third overall. (laughs) I'm just saying you can drop your pins right now because she did the thing. Okay. Transition. Let's talk about transition. Tell us about your first transition to T1. Okay. So like before this swim started, I kind of had like pre-race butterflies. And I remember like, it was like different than usual that I would have at a swim meet or something. It was like, I chose to be here. Like, I really want to do this. I signed myself up. I trained, like I put in the effort, which is arguably different from like, Oh my, you know, I, I trained, but like, my coaches were at the practices and like all this stuff. And I'm here because the team is competing. And this was very much like something that I did for myself because I wanted to. And so getting through the whole thing, I was just like, I was so excited. I was so happy to be there. So definitely was more of like an authentic, like butterflies of like excitement, not so much like there's a little nervousness. Yeah. But I was like, I really had no expectations for myself going in like performance wise. So um, and I felt like for my first one, I really wanted to get, um, like figure out how to do everything and how, like, I would prefer to like my racing strategy for a triathlon. So, yeah, I, when I heard that the, like <laughs> the run from the water finish to the transition area was like a quarter of a mile, I was like, shoot because I only brought the pair of running sneakers with me I had a pair of flip-flops and so I just left them down by the water my feet are so sensitive I was like I'm pretty sure you have to run to the transition because that's how you get a faster time so I brought my flip-flops down there and like slid my feet into them and you know was like pulling my cap off and I'm doing my wetsuit as I'm running in these flip-flops and I was like is this normal like the whole time I was like kind of going and I was like I wonder if everyone can tell that I've never done this before and then I would just keep going. But um, yeah, getting into the transition, my bike was parked pretty far um, towards 
the exit. I think it was like the second to last row. So I did a lot of flip-flop running. Um, and I had only ever practiced a transition like the day before the race. Like I spent probably like a half an hour like practicing how to get out of my wetsuit, get into my bike shoes, put the socks on, hop on as I go. And um, yeah, so everything was very new for me. I definitely did not do a lot of training beforehand. And, and that's okay because again, it's your first. And so like you said, you had no expectations. You want to figure out how all this worked and then you'll figure it out for the next one. So T1 is done. You run this quarter of a mile. Now you're on the bike. What's your mindset? What's going through your mind? My mindset was, honestly, I was just kind of like, I don't know if like shook is the right word, but I was kind of just like, okay, well, we're out of our element now. So we're just going to, you know, continue to keep crushing it. And I remember my dad told me that like as a swimmer, his triathlons kind of went like downhill because he's not the best runner and truthfully neither am I um and so I was like all right he told me that the first like five miles of the race all he would hear would be like on your left on your left on your left and he he told me that like coming out of the water one of the first ones being like a pretty like decent middle of the road um cyclist he was like yeah that was kind of frustrating but you know I just kind of held on and I'd done biking before and really really liked it so I was like okay I feel like if I can hold like a fair average pace, like then, um, I'll do well. I don't have a bike computer. I had no way to tell my pace. My, my watch was like going in and out. It had like died on me, like right at the end of the bike. So I had no idea how fast I was going on the run, but, um, yeah, for the bike, I was just kind of like, you know, we're just going to go. I'm going to use the downhills and to like take a break on my legs. But for climbing, I was like, I just got to, gotta keep going gotta keep chugging so yeah do you know now what your miles per hour was did you have a chance to look and see your results I think it was 17 17 Mm -hmm. miles per hour my average was yeah it's pretty good that's that's darn good girl to not have a bike computer to just be going off of pure sheer grit that's pretty good so you were you were you were you were um you were uh trying with your heart you know you let your heart go you know you let your heart be your motivating force and driving force in your body you know to tell you how you feel okay great so you got the bike you're in you're back into transition for t2 now talk about the run because well we already know your battery died on your watch so tell us about that experience um that one that's kind of special for me um my boyfriend's actually in the Marine Corps. He's an officer and he's going through um, infantry officer course right now, which is like one of the harder trainings for the Marine Corps. And he had been, they call it like going to the field. He had been doing like Marine Corps training exercises for like a week or so at this point. So I hadn't talked to him um, for a while. And so they, they do a lot of hard physical stuff and, I remember my legs were kind of tired at that point, but I was running and the first like probably like 0.7 miles of the run was uphill. And so I was running and I was like started to walk a little bit and I was like, damn, shit sucks. Excuse my language. Um, but, um, but I was just thinking of him and 
I know that he would have been there supporting me if he could have. And I know that he's like probably out there in the woods somewhere getting, doing a lot harder stuff than running up a 0.7 mile hill. So I was like, you know what? I guarantee you there's no way he would walk if he was doing this right now. So I just kind of kept pushing along for him. And I know that he would, he would want me to go to do, go as fast as I could. And I really wanted to kind of make him proud. So the things that we do for motivation, and I'm so glad that you were able to be thinking about him on your you know, race, because you're right. When we think about the harder things or, or people who have, are doing something a little bit harder and you're like, man, they're doing it and they're not complaining. Let me get myself yeah. in gear. So I'm glad that was able to, you know, be a touch, you know, a touching point for you for your race. Mm -hmm. All right. You're coming downhill, coming over the bridge. You're coming down the finish line shoot. What do you remember about finishing your first sprint triathlon? <laughs> so on my team, we have a, I don't know if I'm pretty sure this is like a fairly widespread across athletes, but we would always say like last one, fast one. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of just like a reminder to finish strong. We would always like say that on the last like hundred of like multiple hundred set and just to kind of like motivate one another to just like finish it out. And I just remember being like last one, fast one, and just like sending it right into the finish line. And they had all the, um, the military flags. They had the Marine Corps flag and the Navy flag flying right in front of the finish line. And I remember looking at those and being like very humbled to just be representing like myself and my family and the Academy and the military I guess, um, especially with like graduation being right around the corner, um, everything kind of like actually getting a chance to join like the real military beyond just being an undergraduate student was kind of like at the forefront of my mind. So it was cool. It was really, really cool getting to like finish the race and see the flags and, and run through and hearing everyone cheering. And I was just like, it was just such a cool moment. I remember like it definitely will be something that I hold on to for a very long time. I love it. I love it. It is special, you know, especially with all of the activities that you had coming up after the race and just being able to reflect on that. <clears throat> and just being able to reflect on that. I, I love when I get to see uh, beginners cross the finish line and I remember you you know, coming through with that big smile on your face. And that's what it's all about, having fun, having a smile on your face. Now, I got to talk to you about your, your kid because your kid was cute. So My kid? your kid, oh, yeah, yes. it was cute. How did mm -hmm. you know about the particular kit that you were wearing? Because it's a cult. You guys are like a cult. Well, that particular Betty. brand has a cult following. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I love kind of like, I'm big into women empowerment, um, especially being like, um, the gender minority at the Naval Academy. It's kind of always been something that like I and my, myself and my teammates are really passionate about. Um, <clears throat> and so I remember like for this whole triathlon, I very much was like balling on a budget, like got my bike on Facebook marketplace, super cheap. And like, I got super cheap, like, um, on sale, like Pearl Zumi tri shorts. And, um, 
and I was like I really want like a sick a sick tri top that I can wear that's you know empowering and really cool and I was just like googled like women empowerment like tri top and like the Betty website came up and so I started looking and I looked at their Instagram and I was like this is sick and I really wanted one that I could like know that I was repping and like people would look at and be like dang like that's so cute and that's so cool and like and their whole thing is like being a badass and beautiful and like being an athlete and being a woman and I was just like this is perfect and so the one thing that I definitely bought brand new and completely splurged on was that tri top because I really wanted to kind of like manifest my beliefs when I was doing the race if that makes sense oh it totally makes sense so shout out to the Betty design crew because one you know your SEO searches in which uh Madison just gave you you know it's working for you and we just thank you for being such a huge um just being an amazing supporter of women and women empowerment. I have a lot of friends who rock the Betty design and the cult following is real. So I am just so grateful because I, I look in, I paid attention to your kid. I was like, oh, she's cute. I like that kid. Okay. And so I immediately would have thought you had been in the game for a while because of your kit. Because most people don't just go and buy a Betty kit. It's like, you have to know. But because you did your research, I love that you said that you were balling on a budget. And because um, I used to say, I'm trying on the budget, you know, like, I love it. I love, you know, just not worrying about having the best of everything. But the one thing that you did splurge on was the one thing that would help boost your confidence because confidence when we look good when we feel good we perform well and my friend you did just that with your first finish and first ever podium finish coming in second in your age group in the 20 to 24 age group congratulations girl thank you <laughs> Like, and just so modest, like, I mean, I did that. No, you did. You did a really good job. So I want to ask you, what would you now tell another beginner? What advice would you leave them with? Um, one thing that I noticed too, when, when during the race is that all the women would like, when they saw me or would like say something encouraging and I just, was so like motivated and I just felt so supported by that and like I started saying stuff back to them and even started like initiating some of that and the probably the biggest advice that I would give is like kind of feed off other people's energy there's so many people there who are willing to help you like my number broke as I was putting it on my race belt I was like, oh crap, like I don't know what to do. And some random guy was like, here, I have a safety pin. Like you can use this to clip to pin it on your belt. So that was super helpful. And just everyone was very like encouraging and supportive. Like people I had obviously never met before were just so nice. And I think that I was kind of like a little intimidated going into this new sport that I had like never done before. And I people were just so welcoming and like everyone there is doing it because they want to, which is like I feel like in the world of competitive sports um especially I guess in college it was 
true most of the time, but especially in high school, like there are people who are swimming because or doing softball because like their parents wanted them to be there or something like that, or they felt like they had to be. And this was just, you could very much tell this group of like athletes who wanted to, you know, exercise and have a community to belong to and go out and spend as like a Saturday uh, working out with some people I never met before. And it was, it was honestly just so much fun. And so I would say, I know it's kind of a cliche, but definitely like have fun in the race and don't get too worried about how you perform, especially for the first time. Like the more confident and comfortable you are and happy that you are in the race, the better you'll do. I love it. And what is one thing you wish you would have known before you did your first race? Um, let's see. I wish I would have brought more electrolytes. I had like one little bottle on the bike full of like noon tablets, but for the run, I definitely was like, oof, could use some Gatorade right now. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just grab some as I'm running. And that was like really hard because obviously I just spilled all over myself and didn't it's get like, to drink a ton. I was, like, I, was, I was covered in Gatorade. I was like, I hope this isn't sticky because that's gross. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, that's hilarious. It's like I can just see you, you know, like many of us at times who are running through the transition and you're just like trying to drink and it like comes all over you. And it's like, luckily I was already wet from the swim and I'm already wet from my sweat. So it's just all coming in together. just all making a, it's whole thing all in. Anyway, that is so good. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to Miss Madison Milbert, who completed her first sprint triathlon and placing second in her age group overall. I do see a huge future for you if you want it after or during medical school when you have time. Your future, you know, as a competitive triathlete on a larger scale, um, elite, you know, you have what it takes to even be elite. And I would love to see that come to fruition if that's what you desire. Um, but what's next for you? Like what's next for you in terms of, will you do another sprint? Will you focus on sprint? Will you try to do an Olympic? Will you try to do long course? Like what's next? So I think definitely um, my next goal is going to be an Olympic. I'm confident I can handle the swim, confident I can handle the bike. I really want to get <clears throat> a little bit more running training in so that my biggest worry is I don't want to get like shin splints or some other sort of running base injury. But I think like long, long term, I've always wanted to do an Ironman. Um, and so I think that would be really, really cool to yeah. be able to do at some point. So we'll see though. Um, yeah, this summer for me is really all about like uh, taking a break and spending time with my family and definitely kind of figuring out how to like exist as an individual because we do a lot of like communal living and communal this and foods given to you at the Naval Academy. And so kind of figuring out like my own rhythm as a, as my own person, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> I love it. And I want you to research this person as you were talking. Um, Gwen Jurgensen was a D1 swimming. Uh, she was a D1 athlete and a competitive swimmer. And because of her swimming, 
it provided her an opportunity to be uh, to be recruited to be a part of the elite team for Team USA. And as a result, mm -hmm. she won an Olympic gold medal. Wow. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. for thought. Because I was I'm looking <laughs> at your swim time and I'm like, you're really good. And again, it's all about training and technique. So just putting it out there. I'm planting a seed. So if in five or 10 years after medical school, we see Madison Milbert, Oh, M.M., I like that. Double M, Mashonda Miles, Madison Milbert. If you yes. see her doing big things, you know it was said here first on Try Beginner's Luck. Well, remember, when you try Beginner's Luck, you always win. Thank you so much, Madison, for being with us today. And we look forward to your bright future and have fun being you this summer. Peace. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That's right, we're back and we have another beginner. I am loving this series so far and I trust that you are loving it too. So today I have a gentleman with me who I initially met, I think during our first live, pop-up live that Tribe Beginners Like did in February with Coach Marcus Fitz of Grit USA. And he won a race uh, from one of our presenting partners, Kinetic Multisport. And I'm also an announcer with Kinetic Multisport. And I happened to be called into a race at the very last minute because someone called out. And I didn't tell Ronnie which race I was doing. I only told him the races I was already scheduled for, which were pretty much later in the season. However, I happened to see him. He was like, hey, Mashonda, I'm racing. And I said, oh my gosh, this is your first race. He was like, yes, it's my first open water race, but this is his first season. His second race of the season he's done, which was earlier in May. And that was Westfield, which was a pool swim. And Kinetic was an open water swim. So we're gonna have fun talking to Mr. Ronnie Ham. Ronnie Ham, welcome to Try Beginner's Luck. Hey, Michonne, thank you. Appreciate it. So um, in all truth and honesty, you guys know I'm very vulnerable with you all. Today is actually Memorial Day weekend. And so this will air in June. Yep. So if I'm looking and the way I'm looking, probably sounding discombobulated, it's because I'm out on the grill grilling. So I am also trying beginner's luck. And hopefully my food will come out okay. And Ronnie is going to be so patient with me because I'm going to have to go in and out of these interviews to make sure my food is okay. Because it's Memorial Weekend. And oh, so we're so grateful for all of, um, you know, we just want to show respect for our um, veterans who paved the way for this country. And so it's an honor to do this. Although this will be airing in June, we still want to give honor where honor is due. So thank you to the families of those who have served who are commem commemorating this time. And we just thank you for all of those who serve and wear the uniform. Thank you. Ronnie, welcome. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm an army brat myself. My dad was in the army for 30 years. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and grandfather, yeah. I didn't, didn't know, but somebody did know. And I'm so grateful that we were able to start it with this honor. And I just gotta give a shout out. Thank you, Lord, for talking to me and for 
always showing up at the right time and giving me exactly what to say. Ooh, that is a truth. I was watching sermon before I got on the call. It's in the air. Thank you. Okay. All right. That was a little woo-woo moment. But now we got to get into this woo-woo moment. Yeah. So Ronnie, yeah. first year, first year triathlete, let's talk about it. What has it been like? Um, it's been a journey. It's been a journey of self-discovery. It's been a journey of faith. It's been a journey of perspective. Um, it started out with like a nugget years ago and then to finally kind of dive in and get around the team and the community. It's been a big growth for me in a lot of ways of mental health, emotional health, physical health. It's been a big transition for me, for sure. I don't even know how to unpack that. That was a lot. A moment of self-discovery. It's a journey, a moment of faith. It's all those things and more, it is. right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's really cool because you discover what you can do that you didn't even know that you could do, right? Yeah, yeah, really, really. Even when things go bad and you're trying something totally outside your comfort zone. So tell us. Focus on it. No, let's unpack that. So what yeah. are some of the things that you've come to self in your self-discovery journey? Yeah, so it's taking, um, taking context in my journey and where I am right now being grateful in it. So a little bit of background on me, I'll just kind of do it shortly. I was born at 88 um, at six months instead of nine. So I was born three months early, two pounds, three ounces, extremely premature. 10% chance of survival, underdeveloped lungs, stayed in NICU for around 134 days, got out, went home with an oxygen tank. So my journey from inception has been one of kind of fighting to overcome obstacles. And with that comes with, you know, asthma and then coming from a black family where we don't swim and coming from a family where, you know, I moved around a lot the main sports I did were typically our community sports, which is basketball, football. You know, you might learn a little bit of golf because of Tiger, but water sports or, you know, endurance. I wasn't a runner. I ain't do cross country. I hated the mile when I was in high school. It's not how I was kind of built up and grown into it. So jumping into an endurance arena for me with the swim specifically and some swim trauma of almost drowning six times between the age of five and like 10, give or take around that window it's kind of where the self-discovery and learning myself and getting comfortable in these spaces. And sometimes, you know, the question of why am I doing this and pushing through those mental barriers and fears is kind of what has happened in the last eight months or so. That's my background and kind of why this is such a big change for me overall. Wow. You said so much and we're so grateful that you are here continuing to overcome and continuing to surpass your wildest dreams. I'm going to say that because this guy yeah. is truly yeah. the limit, right? That's um, true. But one of the key things that you said as it relates to athletics is you almost drowned six times yeah. between the ages of five and what was the other age? Around five and probably give or take 10. It kind of blends a little bit because I moved around so much. It, I kind of do about where I was. So I know between early camp days at age of five and then when we got to probably around Fort Hood, which would have been like right around my 10 to 12 years, that's where most of the memorable swim trauma is. Um, a lot of that was, you know, water parks, day camps where facility where people, the, the camp leaders weren't watching you, um, slipping a little bit too far in the pool, you go down to the deep end and somebody sees you. A lot of those type of moments was my experience with water. Um, didn't learn to swim till I was probably around nine, learned enough to save my life. That came from wanting to do the swim test at swim camp and all my friends were able to go to deep end and I wasn't. So um, that's what really pushed me to convince my mom to teach me how to swim because she doesn't swim. 
Um, so that's kind of my journey within water. And getting into tri specifically, I didn't realize how much the swim trauma affected me in terms of just how I how my body naturally processes cortisol and fear along with the hypoxia. So there were moments when I started swimming with, with the swim team that we have for our tri club where I'd have to stop and really like tell myself, you're not going to drown. I'm in four feet of water, Michelle. I'm six, four, but my body is reacting to catching water or not getting a good breath or fighting the water as if you're going to drown, which leads to, you know, the things you're a swimmer, you know, you start your body tenses, you start sinking, legs drop, everything. So that's been a journey. And that's kind of what I realized, even the things that we I'm going to say, honestly, we joke about drowning in our community. Like everybody, when it comes to swimming, we sit there and say, have you almost drowned? Oh yeah, that was a funny one. We don't talk about it in the context of that was traumatic for me or that was really scary. It's like, everybody almost had us. Everybody done slipped in the lake. Everybody done fell in the pool. You go to a pool party, don't throw me in because I can't swim. And it's a fighting word if you do it. Like that's just how we operate. We kind of use humor and I guess compartmentalization to not address the fear within our community of water and how much context it plays within us as just a people. I didn't realize how bad it hit me until I see my body naturally responding differently than what I expected. I know I'm safe. I know I'm surrounded by team members. I know I'm in three, four foot of water just doing laps. I know all that, but my body physically for probably about a good six weeks or so still responded as if I was gonna drown again. And that's when I'm like, okay, I am pushing through a lot of stuff here. And okay, I got a, I got a great coach, a great team. Like, you know, they'll talk me through, I can take my break. We, we worked through it, figured out what it was, but it was a lot of mental reps, going to the pool by myself, doing the breathing drills, learning how to lean on my snorkel or lean on other aids and stuff. I'm not comfortable. So yeah, that's my journey with swim. And it's still a journey, it's still a process, but yeah. Wow. I'm, um, I'm a little emotional because I, I understand what it's like to work through traumatic experiences in mm -hmm. order to get to the other side and doing that work isn't easy and it's, no, it's not, not in any context of our life whether it's you know physical or an emotional um yeah. or past trauma from my childhood or workplace trauma you know i have experience in those areas as well it's not something that is easy to do because you're really you're literally putting a mirror up to your biggest fear your biggest fear that taps into you're inadequate you're not good enough for me swimming i'm not strong enough right swimming weakness to me is you're not strong enough that's where my brain goes in terms of the self-validation piece. We do the same thing with other areas of our life with trauma. It taps into something within our childhood where we either compartmentalize it and make it a joke or make it a lighthearted action, a lighthearted thing. And we don't face how it affects us in endeavors, right? So, you know, physical pushes and training and doing these things, it, it all comes together because your body is connecting to your mind through physical activity in the same way it connects to it through physical pain. That's what we do when we do endurance sports a lot of ways, you know, lactic acid build up all that. It's it's very similar, you know, you don't you don't really realize it until you're kind of going through it and you're dealing with the pain. And it's like a good, it's like a good bike ride, you know, you feel great after it's done. <laughs> right. In it, in it, the hills suck. Right. You know, the grip eight percent to 10. Why the heck am I doing this? You know, lactic is building up, it burns, but when you get to the top or you get done or for me with kinetic for a prime example, you make a wrong turn and end up going an extra 10 miles on a race, you know? Um, it is what it is, but you feel better when you do it, when you get it done. Yeah. Wow. I think our takeaway is from this, when you're ready, 
There is nothing that can stop you from pursuing any dream that you have. Yeah. Being ready is truly the key because you've got to be willing to walk through the messy stuff. And the messy stuff, meaning the backlashes, the flashes in front of your eyes when you're hitting the water for the first time or thinking that you are about to drown drown in four feet of water being six, four. And these things happened to you years ago. Yeah. And so I just want to commend you, but also for those of us who are listening or for those who are listening slash watching, whatever it is that you are going through or that's traumatic around swimming, biking, or running, take your time, mm-hmm. work through the trauma, seek assistance and help from a trained mm-hmm. professional, and then come back and keep trying. And yeah. I think that the greatest, I think, um, enemy to ourselves is ourselves, but also allowing the fear to not to keep us from moving forward. Because that mm-hmm. fear can be that wall that we don't want to come down. But once the wall comes down, there's nothing that you cannot do. Because you'd be like, okay, well, you start getting that muscle memory of, oh, I did this, and now mm-hmm. I can do that. So. You did Westfield, which was your first pool yeah. swim. And then you did Kinetic a couple of weeks later, which was your first open yep. water swim. I presume yep. you did Westfield first so that yep. you could feel comfortable. And then you did Kinetic, you know, once you had a little bit more confidence under your belt. Let's talk about those two swims. What was going yep. through your mind and what was it the feeling when you finished both of them? Yeah. So Westfield was um an experience because I had a plan of since of my swim trauma, I had a plan of um like not using the snorkel and using my wetsuit my sleeveless suit just to have the boys and be comfortable when I got there I got some advice from teammates saying the water would be too hot because the pool runs about 85 so I ditched the wetsuit and I didn't have my snorkel which is a story on its own started out focusing on the swim felt good felt strong I talk about it on one of my posts feel good focus on the pool get your breathing get your breathing and then I started to feel around 125, 150 out of 250. Somebody was on my feet and I started getting tense and I started not catching with my left arm. And then my brain starts going to analytical mode. What's happening? What's what your arm doing? Why aren't you breathing? Why aren't you moving? You're dragging, da, da, da. So I get to the wall. I let the guy pass me. Panic kicks in. Heart rate goes up. Breathing kicks in. Just like when I was practicing when I was younger. Swim trauma. Have to take a breath, calm down, try to jump back out, get into it. I run off somebody's feet again, realize I'm still fighting the water, stop, grab, literally grab the lane line, do a seven second count to let the person get in front of me because we were at the back end of the three minute or two and a half, three minute gap. Get back into it and then I finish the swim. I get to the end of 250 after the 10 laps, laps nine and 10, my brain saying, just get out the water, just get out the water. And then I get out and I'm mad at myself. I'm mad I changed my plan. I'm mad. I felt like there was a little bit of adrenaline rush. And I'm mad that my heart rate, when I look at my watch, is at 160. The highest it's been in the pool is 152. I'm at 160 climbing out the pool. So I run up the hill, get the transition. After that swim, I was upset. I dwelled. I'm sorry, my dog's going crazy. I was upset and I dwelled on the bike for about two out of the three laps. But then it kicked in. It's like, you literally just swam unassisted and got through it. 
all right, let's make the bike good. Let's just finish the 5K, right? Get your first try done, get it under your belt. And um, luckily, you know, going on the bike, I saw my teammates, I saw people that I knew, a couple other black folks, which is always a great feeling, nonetheless, um, a couple of head nods. And I got through it. But after that first swim, there was, when I got done, there was frustration. There was a, you know, a little bit of self-deprecation, negative self-thought, you know, when something doesn't go the way you want to plan. And then uh, a little bit of blaming, but I got out of it, which is the big thing I learned you know, from that, don't change your race plan day of for anybody, no matter what feedback you get, no matter what somebody says, they want to help you do what you need to do to be comfortable in the water. Because what I didn't want to do and what I still, which is what we can talk about kinetic is why I did what I did in kinetic. I don't want to have negative traumas or negative water experiences on this journey. I'm going to take my wins when I can get them. Cause I'm not coming from a high school swimmer background, a college swimmer background. I'm basically an adult learn swimmer that has overcome some trauma and every small step in the right direction is still a step forward. So, you know, it's like my frat says, no backward steps. That's my mindset. So that one, I beat myself up. Kinetic, anxious before, teammates were worried about me before, I grabbed my little red cap at Kinetic and I chose, I'm like, I'm using my snorkel just to get through the distance. So I go through, sighting is off, I'm going inside, I'm going outside. Somebody tries to come over me, they realize I'm too tall, you know, you're kind of into chaos. I realized I started out a little bit too far inside as I should have to be comfortable. Luckily, I talked to my coach and got all the tips that I, what, what my, what can go wrong reactions would be. And I said, all right, if I'm in the inner lane, I'm getting hit too much. Just go to the inside of the freaking buoy. So I went on the inside, got clean water, kept swimming, kept sighting, kept swimming, kept sighting. Get around the turn, make a huge mistake. Don't sight the next turn buoy. And I know I drifted a right when I swim. So I started swimming and I'm like, wait a second, why am I just seeing red buoys? And I realized I can't see who's going forward and who's coming back from the horizontal view of the water. You can't tell which way is which unless you sight on land. My brain so jacked up. I'm just trying to find turn buoy. So I swim back out, find it, get around it. And then I'm like, okay, that's the moment where I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm swimming <laughs> in open water. I'm getting through it. And I know I just got to go straight at this point. And I'm cranking, I'm cranking, I'm cranking. And I start to feel fatigue in my arms. And I start to feel my chest get a little bit tight in the suit. Because of my brain, I'm like, all right, it's a two lap, they shortened. Do I want to bail on this or do I want to push through? My brain says, take the win, finish, get to the beach. You've done 500 more, you did in the pool. You've done it your way. And I have the win of at least getting to the bike at this point and going on with it. So I cut it short in my brain. People would say, you cut it short, you cut the Olympic short. But for me, my background, that's a win. Take the win that you can get and know your journey is going to be different than other people's. And it's funny because the minds that get out the water in both of those instances were completely different. One, I'm beating myself up. And the other one, I'm elated and proud that I did it. And I finished in the open water around people, extremely anxious and, you know, concerned. And I got on with it. Well, crazy stuff happened after the swim, but <laughs> I got through it. So it's two completely different experiences, two weeks apart, one with more risk, I would say, than the other. But I left the second one that I cut short, feeling better internally and mentally than I did the first one, because my mindset was the goal that I had was different in the open water, was to get through it and learn. And I did that my way, the way that I knew I could do it for me. You know, and that's a two week window. That's literally me freezing in a pool at 150 versus me finishing at about 750 or 800, given the zigzags probably at 800 in open water. So that's the, that's a comparison. That's a 
literally a 14 day difference, give or take, right? Two completely wow. different experiences. Wow, I, I think you're right. You, you have to do what's right for you and not care about anybody else. Because again, this is a journey mm -hmm. and the journey looks different for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like that Pochenko board that might've been on the Price is Right and how some people's success could be very linear. But mm -hmm. in reality, success is not linear. It's like that Pachenko board that goes up, down, up, up, <laughs> down, up, down, up, down. And you have to continue to just go with it. And at each level, you have to, de defi to define what success is for you. And so I'm glad for you in this instance, one, you overcame in the pool swim, but you also swam more than you had ever swam open water swimming. And yeah. so I just feel like you're going to probably race some more this year because you're going to yeah. continue to get better. And I love, I, I love this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the bike, well, I want to yep. go, okay, let's do the bike first. So tell me about the bike ride for Lake Anna specifically, because yeah. that's where you have a little bit more of a challenge. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I get to transition. Coaches are screaming and yelling, you're going fast. I don't know why, but you're going slow. You're going so hurry up. Heart rate's jacked up. So go through transition. And it's kind of like you're a deer trying to learn to walk your first transition. When it's rainy and muddy, I'm getting a wetsuit off. It was wild. It was crazy. I get to the bike and I realize I didn't cut my computer on. I grab my jacket and I go out. So on the bike, you know, it was supposed to be 24. They have the arrows and they have the branches off. But they also have people guiding you on the road. And you can choose to use the GPS file. I had the file loaded. I didn't trust it. So I'm going to the bike around probably 10 to 12 miles. It said, make a turn. And there wasn't a turn there. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to keep going straight. So I go straight and I see people turning right. I see people going straight. I didn't look at the GPS. I asked the people with the flag at that point, is the Olympic still straight? They say, yeah. So I'm riding and I'm starting to realize I'm seeing a lot of tri-bikes. <laughs> like going 22 to 24 flying past me and i'm like all right am i lost am i on the right course i'm starting to surge a little bit i see 45 and i see 25 i'm like well i'm seeing a 20 sign i must still be on the right route but i don't know so i'm seeing travel go past me i'm going you know 20 miles hit i'm looking at my count i'm like i'm at 20 i should be coming back to the park at some point and around i think around there i see fitz comes by and that's when I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely on the wrong course because Fitz was doing the half. By the grace of God, he said, keep pushing. And I'm like, all right, I know I'm on the, I'm, I know I'm on the wrong course, but I've done longer than 24 training. I've done up to like 53 on my training rides with the team. So I'm like, I know I can do it. So I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And when I knew I got off, my brain starts going, crap, the time limit, the transition, are you lost? All these different scenarios. And my brain goes to, I don't know why, but what can you learn from this? I don't know why I asked myself that question in the middle of like, I'm at like 25, the GPS saying you got 10 more miles so you get back to the, to the park, you know? And I'm like, all right, this is gonna, my legs are gonna be dead on this run. But my brain says, what can you learn from this? And I'm like, well, I guess I learned what I got on my legs ultimately. Cause at that point I was surging and slowing and surging and slowing, going way, you know, going 300 watts, trying to push and see where I'm at, just burning my legs out a little bit too much. So I come back around the turn, I realize, and I see second loop for the half, back to the park. 
They say, are oh, you going on a second? I said, I'm turning left. <laughs> like audible. I'm like, now nah, I'm going left. And I whip and I go like <laughs> straight up. Honestly, no, <laughs> get me off the bike. Turn left, go back down. Um, a girl passed me and says, yeah, so how you doing? I said, I'm supposed to be on limp. I ended up doing the first half of the half. She was like, what? I said, yeah, I went too far. So I get back in. My dad comes over. How you feel? I said, I'm effing tired. I went too far. I did 10 extra miles on the bike. He said, well, well get over it. You know what you got to run? I said, yeah, dad, I got to run. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, the army man came. I'm like, yeah, dad, I got to run. So I throw my shoes on and I get on the run. My legs, my legs are dead. They're cramping in the quads. They're just dead. Pop some boa, get some Gatorade, chug some uh, nutrition I got, and eventually the sodium kicks in and I can walk run myself to some level of at least finishing through but the bike was one where it's like i learned cut your computer on before check the route before i mean ultimately it was my fault i should i should have paid attention to the turn routes on um, on the course not beforehand and if you face it you know have confidence you can finish i mean doing an extra 10 miles in an olympic ultimately was actually probably about 35 40 minutes give or take and then i ran on dead legs but i finished right and it's like as I'm going through it, my brain started saying, okay, you're on the run. And I think I might've heard it. You say it on one of the podcasts, but make your own finish. And I think I might've been your Iron Man recap. Yeah, don't like, talk about that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. it, was, it was like define your own finish line. Right. And that's the where I was at in that point in the race. I was like, okay, I'm defining my own finish line. And the most beautiful moment I had in that particular race is when I came back on the loop for the run, you run past the swim course. Mm-hmm. Right. And I looked over um, and I'm like, wow, I did that. I swam that far. And it was this moment of like ultimate euphoria and completion and success where I'm like, I did that. I'm the dude who had to get pulled out of these little kiddie pools from people that watched me when I was, you know, learning playing in the park with these day camps and stuff um, to swimming in that particular situation. I did that. And then I did my second loop, came back and I finished. And you know, I came through, I said, just remind y'all, I scratched your swim. She said, it's fine. Here's your medal. Have a great day. And they, and I went, hung out with the team and chilled with my family and my girl. And it was a good day. Right. Um, but I learned a lot at Anna for sure. Um, I felt like it was my first time being in the community piece of it, where it's a little bit more traditional triathlons. Um, it was great seeing fits. appreciate the words of encouragement when I was on the bike and I realized it's going to be a long ride, <laughs> you know, a long way back. Um, and then just after the effects, paying attention to, you know, being aware everybody posts the recaps and everybody goes through their own struggles. Everybody's story is different. I got a funny story I can tell. I went an extra 10 miles and still did a 5K. I could have just called the quits, you know, when I saw the turn go back. So that's what I learned. It was, it was interesting. The bike was funny, though, because I clearly remember asking, is it straight? They said, yeah. They just waved me on, you know, but it's on me. First rule, always <laughs> check the course map. You are responsible for yourself when you're on the bike. You, you are. Know? You are responsible but I do for love yourself. Bike. I do love biking. Though. That was that's probably my favorite. At this point, I think it might be my favorite leg. Um, I love it. So you, you are responsible for yourself. You are responsible to know the course. They say that even in the athlete guide. They say that in the pre-race meeting. Um, but you don't, again, it's not commuting when you're out there on a race course and you just need to know. And the mm-hmm. volunteers, bless their heart for even being out there to volunteer, it was wet, it was cold, and they don't know. And so you can't necessarily trust the volunteers unless you know that they are, you know, they've raced the course before. But then how do you know that? Because again, it's probably your first time meeting them. So yes, you are. 
I wanted to, um, you, you made a comment about find your finish line. And sometimes I don't even know the yeah. stuff that I say and you just slap me with it. Cause that to me is traumatic. Oh, take take you know? credit for it. Take like, credit for it. I think about the whole jellyfish thing, but what I love is you said you crossed the finish line. You told the ladies that you scratched the, the swim and they were like, no, but here. And I think that says something to the integrity of who you are, as well as myself and anyone else who continues on through adversity and just not give up because it is really easy to quit. And I have yeah. quit on some things before I really okay. have, but in the moment when you know, you've worked for it, you've trained for it, you're ready for it and things don't go as planned. It can kind of feel defeating at first. Yeah. However, you didn't yeah. allow it to defeat you. And I'm grateful for that. So anyone who's listening to this, there's going to come times if you race enough, you will come to opportunities where you won't finish or you have an opportunity if you have obstacles and you can make a determination. Do I push through or do I quit? I would mm -hmm. hope that you would push through and continue to move, even if you know you're not going to, quote unquote, get an official time or whatever, because what that mm -hmm. does is it changes something in your brain. It changes something in you to say, when obstacles come and they may rise, I'm not gonna quit on myself. Regardless mm -hmm. of what the world says or what the standards may be, you aren't going to quit on you. And at the end of the day, you are responsible for you. So kudos to you, Ronnie. We know the run, you had to just muster through it, the 10K, because I think you did the yeah. Olympic. And you yeah. did it and you finished. Yeah. So what's next for you now? Yeah, so um, I did Kinetic and uh, we talked about it earlier, but I went to France on a family trip. I ended up catching COVID. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about overcoming obstacles and mindset, when you, my big race to attempt was going to be Eagle Man um, on the 12th and a lake swim on the 4th out and resting. Because of the window when I caught COVID in my isolation of seven days in France in that window, I don't have the time for work to do the races. So in my mind, everything that I've trained for or this, go this goal of trying to get to this particular race is a wash because I can't do it, right? So I had to take time in Paris and in the hotel when I'm in there just basically doing uh, like self-isolation in this hotel room for seven days, which was a whole different ball game to really think through, you know, why you're doing something and what overcoming an obstacle it is. You can't, I can't account for the fact that I caught COVID. I avoided for two years in the States and trained around triathletes and, you know, trained around people who probably had it, haven't popped. Go to Paris for a vacation and I pop. And it impacts the next two months of my, my training plan. So for me, it's a matter of understanding. And this is where the community is the best part. Talking to some folks on my team or friends that do endurance and run marathons. First thing, understand you've overcome so much already it's okay that this race isn't going to happen second piece is there's other races like there's other things you can push for right and it just gives you more time to train and push and do different things figure out how if i want to try different nutrition all these other pieces of the puzzle i can put together but it was a huge like smack in the face and letdown when you feel like this one thing that you've pushed for this golden ring you've put in your mind as yourself is gone Right. And it was hard. It wasn't an easy, um, acceptable thing for me in those first three or four days because it's all I could think about. Like, granted, dad and my family, you know, a couple of other my family members, my girlfriend, my sister caught COVID as well. The concern and my goals 
all at once. And there's nothing to do but sit in this room and think about it. Mm-hmm. But again, much like the race, you can't account for what you can't control. You can just prepare for the unknowns and then plan and process for what your finish line or your goal is going to be going forward. So for me, I'm looking at the kinetic schedule, looking at, you know, some things going on July, August. My next race that I know I'm doing is Pleasance Landing. Thank you for the great entry and free entry into, um, into Pleasance out there in October, October 8th. So I know that one's on the schedule. It's just filling my summer. So for me, this thing is kind of processing what's happened, accepting, you know, what's going on with Eagle Man. Um, and just that that situation in general and planning my summer and figuring out what I want to do and seeing where my lungs are at because I do have a little bit of fatigue and a little bit of shortness here and there, seeing where I'm at. Um, and just taking it as another challenge, another step in the right direction and remaining grounded in what I call grounded in gratitude kind of is what I focus on the most. And like, I'm grateful that I survived my birth and I'm able to do these things. Like no matter how much I get in my head and my type A personality comes out, being grounded in the fact that I could have had more complications from my premature birth that could have impacted my ability to be mobile. I could have had CPOD. I could have had cerebral palsy. I could have been blind. There's tons of things that could have went wrong. I just got a pretty mild case of asthma, right? And I'm able to play sports and do these things and do these challenges and push my body composition, which is more of a sprinter into endurance and really move forward. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's really replanning my summer and trying to get in the best shape I can for the Olympic in October is where my brain is at. I love it. I love it. And you'll do it. And I think we may have to have a part two for you to come back because we're running short on time. However, yeah, I understand. what, tell me about your team. You mentioned your teammates. So who's your team? Yeah. Who are you riding with? Or who are you trying with in these streets? I got you. Yeah. So um, I, I joined Team Z out of Northern Virginia. Okay. Coach Ed Z. Um, they're pretty big and kinetic in terms of what they do as a guy that does more cookout stuff and people jumping in time. I joined them back probably around August of last year because they're the most convenient to my space. Um, they have a huge bunch of veteran triathletes. The age group kind of ranges a little bit older. I'm one of the more younger ones. People training for Ironman Maryland all the way down to people just doing sprint for USTA. Um, it's a great, great group of people. Great coach has a lot of great experience. Um, and for me being an entry and a newbie, I love the fact that it's a very social club. So there's kind of different clubs. There's a social and there's people kind of, you know, hit podiums, hit personal goals. The Team Z club is a very social based club. It's really based in being a community and coming together as friends and as competitors and as people and, you know, just enjoying the journey of doing try, riding, biking and swimming together, right? And having those people who have done it for so many years that are in it, right? And they kind of have the lifestyle mindset of, being slightly obsessive a little bit, probably overly obsessive in some cases would try for me. Um, they understand, right? And the beautiful thing I think is about not just Z, but the endurance community that we got to talk about. I really want to say this is anybody in the endurance community is going to understand what you're doing, no matter what your sport is. I got a friend, Ty, that runs and is trying to do Boston. He's the first one that I called when I got COVID. He was like, okay, I'm giving you two weeks to be PO'd, right? To be pissed. And then get back on it it's like having people that have their goals are doing the bike or are doing their runs or are master swimmers or are runners it's a community where people you people you got to do it to understand it and once you find those people in your circle that can kind of help you can you hear me ron ron can you hear me yeah oh you broke up a little you broke up you you froze i got you i'm sorry what's the last part you heard 
I don't know. So guess what? You know, we had a brain freeze, <laughs> you know, connection freeze. So we're just going to end it with this. Got you. We got to have a part two with Ron. That was probably the best place for us to come back. Ron, we look forward to hearing about the rest of the season. And I am so excited that you're going to keep trying. Get well, get your lungs well. I thank you for even agreeing to do this because this is literally right in that little period of time. So thank you for honoring that. And uh, we are so grateful for you. And we thank you for trying Beginner's Luck because you won. You defined your finish line. And we are excited to see you keep trying. And remember, whenever you try Beginner's Luck, you always win. I'm Mashanda and I'm out. Peace. Thank you, Mashanda. Everybody Thank like you. this. Write reviews. Help the That's pod. right. You better tell them. Let them know. Let them know. Yeah, they listen. They better support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.